This is the Hiking Through Life podcast. We've all been gifted a journey called life. Let's see where the journey leads us today. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast, where we talk with people who in some way, shape, or form have been influenced by the outdoors. I'm Andy, the producer of this podcast, and my lovely wife, Sarah, will be your host. Together, we make up Hiking Through Life. This podcast is all about bringing all kinds of people who are inspired by the outdoors and sharing their stories. We hope that by sharing people's stories, it inspires others to get out and live a more meaningful life. Tune in every week for new episodes, or better yet, subscribe to the Hiking Through Life podcast on your favorite podcast provider. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with others. Also, if you have a story to share or know of anyone who might be interested in being a guest on this podcast, head on over to hikingthroughlife.net slash podcast and get in touch with us. Now sit back and enjoy this week's episode. We've loved doing this podcasting journey. We love bringing awesome guests on. We love seeing that people are listening. And we're really, really grateful that this is hopefully inspiring other people to get outdoors. Yeah, and as part of our mission at Hiking Through Life, we really want to help support others in continuing their journey or starting their journey into the outdoors. So as part of that, we have plans for future episodes to address some listener feedback. So if you have questions about backpacking, hiking, adventuring outdoors, let us know. Email hikingthroughlife at gmail.com and submit us your question or topic and we'll possibly address it in a future episode. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Today we have Chelsea Evans on the podcast. She grew up hiking and camping and now has a passion of encouraging people to get out and enjoy nature. She has a website where she shares travel resources, camping and hiking tips with a focus on the San Diego area. In particular, she likes to encourage females to get outdoors and not be as intimidated as we sometimes can be in the outdoors. We are excited to dive into conversation with you today, Chelsea. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Andy and I also grew up camping and being outdoors. And we've also realized that that's not the norm for everyone. Um, What was your childhood like? Did you go out camping all the time or what was that like? Yeah. Well, I remember growing up, honestly, like every summer, I don't remember ever having a a free day. No days off. Whether that was at like camp, you know, like going to like junior lifeguard camp on the beach or something like that or camping like we we always had at least like a couple weeks of the summer filled with camping and mostly like at campgrounds is what I remember we didn't really ever do any kind of like backpacking kind of camping but I have pictures of me as a baby in a tent and camping with friends and that is so many of my memories my parents had a tent trailer um that they got eventually, like we started off with tents and then they eventually got a tent trailer. So we (laughs) took it up a notch and slept a little nicer at night, but luxurious. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, I grew it like every single summer. That's what I remember doing, like tons of camping on the beach. And then this one campground I remember, it was called Vale Lake Campground out here in San Diego. And we did that. We would go to some national parks. Um, So yeah, that was just 
every single summer was filled with being in the outdoors. I don't remember being indoors. Yeah. And it just, there's something so impactful about doing that at an early age. Like we were talking about earlier, like do even bringing your cat out and getting your cat used to the outdoors now. Like when you, when you're just like raised doing that, it just becomes second nature to you. And clearly that's like second nature or like first nature to you now. You're so passionate about it. Right. Like it's weird to me and nothing wrong with this at all. Just to think that like, that is not the life that some people know. Like even I went on the sunrise hike this morning with some girls and for two of the girls, it was their first hike ever. And I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. Like I never in my wildest dreams did I think that I would like be on someone's first hike ever, like with an adult, like they were adults. And so like, obviously maybe a kid, but I was like, wow, this, this is pretty cool. That is really cool. I mean, think about the impact that you put on them for leading it. And like, you're probably such an inspiration and motivation to them now. I hope so. I mean, yeah, I want them to enjoy the outdoors. One girl brought her dog and she like loved it. She's like, this is so fun. Like her, her, it was her dog and her first hike. And I was like, that is so cute. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool that you lead these. You're inspiring. Oh, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, like, like I said, I grew up camping too. And now we just have this like mission of inspiring people to get outdoors and people of all shapes and all sizes and, and all ages and realize that there is a place in the outdoors for everyone. Yeah. And I'm sure that like you've run into this too. Like some people think to go on a hike, you need to like get all the fancy, fancy gear but you don't like, I'm sure there was people on that hike this morning who didn't have REI brand and <laughs> top notch stuff. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah. I feel like, like there's so much pressure sometimes to get like the nicest, highest quality gear. Like you really don't need that much to go hiking at all. You just need yourself <laughs> and some water. It's it's such an easy sport, quote unquote, to to get into. Like you don't don't really need any kind of training. Like that can be your training. Um, it helps like get you in shape, which like kind of goes along with nursing. You know, like I like to promote healthy living lifestyle, and so like being in the outdoors and being active and hiking kind of goes hand in hand with that. So I love how how simple of a sport it is. Right. I mean, it's literally just putting a foot in front of the other. And like you said, bringing water. Yeah. I did love your blog. You wrote about a beginner's guide to hiking. Like there are a lot of logistics you need to think of when hiking. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was, I was trying to like write a very detailed guide, but yeah, I've had some people reach out to me to like use that in like their Facebook groups that they could send out to people when they, you know, organize a hike for beginners or something like that. Just, just so that they are aware of what to think about, what to plan about for safety purposes and whatnot. Um, There is a lot going into that, but as far as equipment goes, you really don't need that much. Right. Exactly. And one thing that I loved so much about that article that you wrote was as a beginner, you should plan to do the same hike a few times prior to moving on to a more difficult level. Like Mm -hmm. take notes and see how long it takes you to get to the top. 
because I mean, I've definitely run into this myself where I'm like, okay, I've done that trail. I don't need to do it again. It's checked off the list, but there is something to doing the same trail over again, especially when you're new to hiking, but even when you're not new to hiking, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like you discover all these new things that you wouldn't have otherwise. That's so true. Like I literally was thinking that this morning because I had done the hike I did this morning. I've done it a few times and I don't know how I missed this, but this morning hiking up, when I got to the top, there was this lake, like off in the distance. And I was like, I do not remember that lake being there (laughs) last time I hiked this. And so like, you can just like see different views and angles each time you do it. Like I have a pretty cool picture from the previous time I did it, where I was like above the clouds looking in a completely different direction. And then this time I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a lake there. Like, I don't even remember that. And so it was so cool to just have a different view and different outlook on it. And I'm like, I've done this hike before. I'm still seeing new things. Right. It's just kind of all your perspective in that moment. And it just teaches you to like kind of slow down and appreciate everything you have in front of you and realize, especially like now, I think it's so valid in the time of COVID that we're living in to like, go on the same hike a million times and appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's a great time to really explore your own city um, and get outdoors and see what there is to offer. Like, I'm sure there's so many things that people probably don't know about in their own city um, and so many different kinds of options that it's a great time to do that. Like we're being forced to stay home and not really travel. So it's a good time to get out there and check things out. 100%. And that's one thing like those Facebook groups are so good for. I know you said you're part of like tons of Facebook groups in your San Diego area. And I'm part of lots of groups here in Minnesota. And somebody just posted like this great hike, a city away from where we live. And I'm like, I've never even heard of this. (laughs) Yeah. How have I never been there? Yeah. I've like got a huge list of places to go that I'm like overwhelmed by it. Cause I see exact same thing, see things in Facebook groups or pictures. I'm like, I got to go there. Like that looks awesome. So yeah, the list just keeps growing. Yeah. The wanderlust. Yeah, for sure. So did you grow up in San Diego then? Is that correct? Um, Yes, I did grow up in San Diego. And then I moved to San Francisco for five years and then just moved back to San Diego about a year and a half ago. Okay. So home had you, home had you come back. (laughs) It did. My whole family's still here. And so um, I told my husband that this is where I wanted to end up. Like, before we got married, I was like, just so you know, I want to end up in San Diego. Thankfully, it happened sooner than we thought it was going to happen. So I'm back home and that feels good. Where's your husband from? My husband is from like a little bit outside of Boston. Oh, so how'd you two meet? Yeah, we met in San Francisco. We met on an online dating app. <laughs> nice. That's how my husband and I met too. Yeah? Yeah. We've actually gone to quite a few weddings of online dating, which it works. Which act did you meet on? Okay, Cupid. Us too. Really? Yeah. I've never heard of anyone else. I know because I feel like that one's like so yeah. history now. Yeah, I feel like that one's old and gone. I'm like, am I getting old? Or right. like, or is it just dead? Right. I feel like Bumble is the new hot one right now. Yeah, I've heard a lot about or I see ads for Bumble like yeah. on TikTok or something. Yeah. But yeah, we met in online and then met up in San Francisco and then got married. So wait, was he living out there at the time or did he fly to meet you? (laughs) 
No, he was, um, he was living out there. He had lived there for a year prior to me living there. And then, yeah, um, we were both living in San Francisco when we met. Okay. Yeah. That makes a little more sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know you can set your radius up pretty big on there. <laughs> yeah. Not that far. <laughs> yeah. Do you find yourselves getting out like pretty regularly together to explore San Diego? I know your work schedule as a nurse makes it a little different. So you do lots with other women, but is that like a big thing you guys do together? Yeah, actually something that um, has helped us, like, yeah, we love getting outdoors um, and doing things, but we would do date nights um, and they were kind of just all over the place and would usually end up being like, oh, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I don't know. Let's just get dinner and watch a movie. And so we put a little more structure to it. (laughs) And so every other week, like I plan one and then uh, every other week, like we swap who plans it on Wednesday nights. And so that has like made us become really creative with what we do and like whether that be a hike or we bought an inflatable kayak a couple of weeks ago and went kayaking. I saw that. Yeah, like we went out for sunset. So um, that date night has been really good for making us actually get out and do something. It's almost like we're trying to one up each other, which we're not, but it, it's helped us like come up with creative ideas. The other night we made homemade laundry detergent. That was the date night? Yeah, that has nothing to do with the outdoors, but we were like, let's make homemade laundry detergent. I saw that too, and it definitely looked like cheese. It it does. It really does. I haven't tried it yet, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I've always been kind of curious about digging into that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so you guys, did you live in a van together for a period of time or do you just, is that just your adventure car? Yeah, it's a little confusing. So we moved to San Diego from San Francisco back in March of 2019. Um, but I kept my job up in San Francisco as a nurse. Um, so I was flying up to work every week and then I lived out of my van uh, that we bought, like my camper van. Um, while you were working. Yeah. Um, so I lived out of that and then occasionally my husband would fly up and like, after I finished my shifts, we would go on like a little weekend camper van trip or, um, I did one big trip with it. Like I drove from San Francisco to Sedona and me and my brother, my brother lives out of a van. And so we did like a van life trip, um, like a 10 day van life road trip. So lived the camper van life for a year intermittently like for three days out of the week I was in a van yeah okay so and like and that was in San Francisco which is pretty normal out there (laughs) yeah yeah it definitely wasn't out of the norm like I felt like I I fit in with the camper van life down there it's also pretty normal I feel like in San Diego you got like this hippie but it's a different vibe like you have a hippie surfer vibe in San Diego and San Francisco's, you can either have your grungy vibe or your like bougie Mercedes van vibe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When I was reading your, um, your big sur post, it was, we went there two summers ago and it was bringing me back to like all these memories I had and just like all these, seeing all these people that were living in their vans and I remember there was a time when we were just like walking on the beach and we just looked very like grungy, but I was like, this is awesome. Cause like everybody just kind of looks like this. <laughs> yeah. 
it's so true. You can, I fit in. I fit in very easily with the camper van life. It was really fun while it lasted. Um, I thought it was going to be a little more glamorous, if that makes any sense. <laughs> you know, you see like these amazing pictures on Instagram and you're like, oh, this is going to be so great. And then I was like, oh, well, I didn't, I didn't have a shower in my van. So I was like showering at work at the hospital and I was like, well, nah, this is fun, but. Did you park your van in the same spot for most of the time or did you switch it up for different scenery? Um, I parked it in the same spot for most of the time, but. And where was that? Um, sometimes parking lots. Some t- most of the time was a parking lot, but um, sometimes neighborhood streets or <laughs> I don't know. I've got I had the cops knock on my window a few times, so you kind of had to like move your car around a little bit so they uh, didn't recognize it. My print my van was pretty sketchy looking, so <laughs> it it was like a huge black van and it was sketchy looking. It looked like a like a free candy van. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I mean, I think it deterred people from coming up to it other than the cops, but, and then when they like, when they would knock on the window and I'd open the door, they would be so surprised. They'd be like, Oh, uh, uh, what are you doing? Right. They're probably expecting to see like some creepy middle aged man. Yeah. And I'm like this blonde girl in my pajamas, like, hi, (laughs) like, they're so surprised. They're like, okay. And they, they all just ended up being like, okay, like have a safe night, sleep well. (laughs) I'm like, thanks. Wow. So do you think like being a younger woman in a van life, like give, gave you a little bit of like more opportunity? (laughs) (laughs) I guess in a weird way. I don't know. Yeah. I probably could have gotten away with more things or like, yeah, it gave me a weird, yeah, weird opportunity. It was kind of like scary sleeping alone though, like in a car, like on a street, a dark street. Right. You know, I was like, I didn't sleep well most nights. (laughs) Yeah. I can imagine, especially knowing that like, there's a lot of other people probably in that neighborhood sleeping in their cars too. Right. Well, actually when, when I was staying in the parking lot, like there was at least 10 other vans and one day I came to a note on my door being like, hey, we noticed your van is here all the time. Like join our van life group text messages or something. And so like I joined it and it was like all the 10 people in the parking lot. And they're like, we're going out for drinks tonight or like we're going to get dinner. Anyone want to join? It was really funny. A little community. It was. It was. It was. <laughs> Which is cool. Yeah. It yeah. made me feel safer. I was like, oh, people recognize I'm here. Like they're gonna they're gonna have my back. Right. Like you need community everywhere you go, even when you're in a parking lot at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So you did that for a year, like yeah. intermittently. And then did you then you move back to San Diego? Yeah. And then um my husband and I drove the van, like took a little road trip drove it down from San Francisco to San Diego and we did a few like overnight weekend trips with it and then we just sold it like a couple months ago just because we're like well it's kind of now just sitting in our (laughs) in our driveway and we could probably sell it for some money 
it was fun. Yeah, it's definitely always we um explore like went road tripping just in our car last summer in our Subaru. Oh, nice. But having a van would have made it a little more roomy for sure. Right. Yeah. Well, you guys should have you ever rented an RV or No, we haven't. We're doing that um in a couple of months. We just booked one. We're going to do Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons. Um, and we rented an RV and it's like one you can stand up in and there's like a little kitchen. And so I'm really excited for it. It's just someone who had it up for rent. Oh, really? On what website? Um, it's called Outdoorsy. Okay. It's cool. It's like people can put up their cars or their RVs or their vans for rent. It's like Airbnb for cars, more, more for camper vans, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a super awesome idea. I love it. And Yellowstone is amazing. Have you guys ever been there? No, have you? Yeah, we were there. We just went there for a day last summer um, during our road trip, but it was, I wish we had more time. Anything you recommend? I mean, just doing, definitely try to take time to see like everything. I mean, I know it's hard to go see yeah. everything. <laughs> I know, I know. You see Old Faithful? Uh, yes, we did. And then definitely get up early. We got up at like 6 a.m. and went to um, something valley. I'm going to have to look up the name of it. Something valley. And we saw like wolves and bears and the bears were like, there was a dead carcass and they were like going for it. There was just all this crazy wildlife happening. And like, it was very far away from us. Yeah, but yeah. That's on my husband's list. He's like, I want to see a bear. And I'm like, I don't really want to see a bear. But he's like, no, we need to see a bear. When it's from a distance. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, with some binoculars, maybe. Yeah. We didn't have binoculars that day, but luckily there was like this photographer who was super nice and let us look through the camera on his, oh. like his Zoom camera. <laughs> wow. That's so cool. But yeah, definitely. Um, make sure you see wildlife. Yeah. Old Faithful. Cool. The geysers. I mean, it's just, it's one of those places you go and you're just kind of like, wow, this, this is really here on earth. Yeah. I know. I've just seen pictures and it looks amazing. I'm so excited to see it in person. Yeah. Um, so van life, I mean, what are some of your biggest tips you'd give people for living in a van? Um, well, I mean, this, I guess this could go for like female or male, but I think I, for females, I just to personally feel safe. I slept with pepper spray by my bed. Um, and then I, I recommend this for anyone. Like I always slept with the keys right by the, like my head, um, just in case you needed to like make a quick run for it and drive away. I mean, I never had to do that, but just so you're not scrambling in the middle of the night. Um, like that's a good safety tip. And then obviously like always make sure the doors are locked. And then I, um, I did try to like park in some areas that were a little more well lit. Um, so it, it would deter people from, I don't know, coming by or taking a look in or anything. Um, and then definitely like I would, I would move your car around so people don't recognize that you're in the same spot (laughs) all the time. I think those are my, some of my biggest safety tips. Yeah. I mean, definitely moving the car around. And I know like when people do that lifestyle in like national forests, you can only stay in those areas for like two weeks at a time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like, 
there's some good apps and websites for where you can park for free or the, again, back to Facebook groups. There's like, there was a Northern California van life Facebook group that I was part of. And a lot of people were just like, don't park in this neighborhood right now, like sketchy or street cleaning or just things like that. So joining groups, I would say is super helpful um, to know like where it's safe and not safe. And then as far as like the bathroom, like I'm guessing you would just get out and go to the store in the middle of the night or <laughs> yeah, the gas station. Yeah. So my, my van did not have a toilet, maybe TMI, but I'm really good at holding back my bowel movements. Like if I, I never once had a bowel movement in my van, like I can, I can control that. Um, but I did, I always had to pee. So I didn't want to get out in the middle of the night just because I don't want some, someone noticing I'm sleeping in there, you know? For sure. And so, yeah, I had a Home Depot bucket, an orange Home Depot bucket that I was my toilet. Kept like a grocery bag and would just throw toilet paper in it when I was done using it. And then the next morning I'd walk the grocery bag to the trash can and throw it away and I'd find a place to wash out my Home Depot bucket. Probably a little gross, but well, yeah, but like, honestly, like it's a great tip because I wouldn't want to get out of my van in the middle of the night either, especially a woman alone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, I'd rather be safe and I don't want to get out of the van and it's cold out there. So I'm just going to go in the Home Depot bucket. Yeah, for sure. It's either that or an adult diaper. Yeah, and I have to clean patients up with adult diapers, so I don't want to do that to myself. Oh, yes, yes. You've had enough experience with those. Some people, like, use, a, like, a urinal, like a plastic female urinal or male urinal. Like, I've heard of people doing that in the van life world. Oh, like the, like, real, like, portable ones? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen yeah. those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's nice that you were able to like go shower at work at least. Yeah, they had like uh, employee showers. So I don't think I could have done it. Like I like showering like on the daily. So I don't think I could have done it if they didn't have showers for us. Yeah. And did people like did people at work just kind of think it was normal because it's California and that's what people do live in their vans was there any kind of judgment on that no not no judgment at all there was quite a few people like in the hospital that I knew of that were also doing the same thing because like our hospital like so I was commuting up there flying up there every week and there was actually quite a few people doing the same thing some people like one guy lived in uh, like South Carolina and would fly to San Francisco, um, like fly so far. And I'm like, I'm just flying from San Diego. But yeah, they would just like live in the van. So it was normal. I mean, not like completely normal because not everyone did that, but it wasn't like out of the norm. Right. Yeah. Whereas like if people did that here in Minnesota, I feel like there'd be a lot of questions. And- <laughs> I feel like- what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not the norm, norm <laughs> culture here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should make it the norm. <laughs> yeah. Actually, like I'm so like appealed to people who do that. One time when we were like up north in Minnesota, we met this couple that was through hiking the superior hiking trail. 
and they were living, we didn't know it, but they were living in their van and we saw them hiking and invited them to come like hang out with us at our house. And then they like pulled up in their big van and their van was like parked outside of our house in our neighborhood for a while. And I'm sure some of our neighbors were like, what is this sketchy van? Who are these sketchy people coming by? (laughs) Totally. But I just like love hearing those people's stories. Some of those people have such cool stories. Yes. Through it full time, you know? Yeah. Like that is their home. They don't have a second home. Yep. Yeah. I know. And now the guy, he still like has his van, but he has land out in Maine um, near part of the Appalachian Trail. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah, but still lives in his, like, just sleeps in his van out in his land and is, like, building the land and is eventually wants to, like, build little campsites on it, but. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, he was on our podcast, too. That's awesome. It's just those trail stories and just, like, when you're outdoors, like, people just connect on this whole other level. It's so true. It's, like, the mountain top experience or the mountain high experience, you know? It's, like, you get this level of energy and right right you just connect yes yes I like it because like you disconnect from the world almost and are just out in nature and connect like you were saying on a different level with people exactly and yeah like you're totally disconnected and speaking of that like traveling and doing all the outdoor lifestyle you have as a nurse has got to be kind of a different perspective too. I mean, do you take safety into a little more consideration and caution? Yeah, I do. Um, I should be better at carrying like a first aid kit. Sometimes I do, but I had like a pretty crazy experience in Patagonia um, while we were out hiking and uh, our hiking guide actually died on the trail. Um, And we did like chest compressions on him and everything. Um, so like after that experience, I am like, whoa, anything could happen in the outdoors. And you like, don't know. And I mean, I'm so thankful I was there in that moment to help out. But I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Like, thankfully, people that were on that trip, like saw that happen and decided they were going to take like a first aid wilderness class. Um, so I think it's just like second nature in me. Like when I'm in outdoors, I kind of like look at my surroundings just and be like, what's safe, what's not. I, I think that comes from the nursing side of me. Just cause like, especially being in the ER, you have to be able to like assess things from outside the patient's room and like, just look at them and be like, okay, are they, are they sick or are they not sick from just like one look at them? And so like kind of same thing with outdoors, like taking a look at the big picture and be like, okay, like safe, not safe. What are we thinking here? Um, So I think that's just like instilled in me. But as far as like, I should probably carry more, some more, some more first aid things with me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, seeing your guide, like someone who's supposed to be leading you on this trip, someone who probably a lot of the people on the trip were relying on to show them where to go. Yeah. I mean, did he have any underlying health conditions or did he just collapse? Um, we found out later that he had like a heart problem, I think is what they said. Um, so yeah, he definitely had something else going on and it was a really hot day. And so I don't know, it was probably like, we don't know exactly what happened, but probably a combination of all that, like probably wasn't drinking enough water, which like I highly recommend you drink a ton of water, um, you know, and eat and 
it's hot out, just like take tons of breaks. You know, it was probably a combination of all that along with like the underlying heart condition. Yeah, for sure. But it's just like, yeah, I read that on your post and I was like, wow, it's like one of those reminders that seriously, anything can happen out there. Yeah. And uh, like, yeah, we can have like all this great technology, like a GPS and a Garmin, but it's always just a matter of seconds before life or death. Yeah. it really is, which he was in his favorite place though. So that's what's reassuring. Yeah. Yeah. So have you personally ever like been seriously injured or hurt outdoors? Um, no, thankfully I've never like gotten hurt. I feel like I'm, well, I was going to say, I feel like I'm pretty cautious, but I also do like, I'm one of those people that likes to stand on the edge of <laughs> the cliff or the edge of the rock to take a photo so I was gonna say I'm cautious but there's definitely times where I'm not cautious I mean I am I'm like hesitant to go out on those things and if, if I think it's very unsteady or unsafe I won't go but um no I haven't thankfully ever like broken a bone or anything in the outdoors which is really nice I mean I'm I've fallen and scraped myself here and there but yeah, but nothing, nothing out of the norm. Have you? Uh, no, luckily just, yeah, little scratches here and there, but knock on wood, never sprained anything or twisted anything. That's good. Yeah. I feel like, oh yeah, I've never broken a bone. So I don't know how that feels. Right. I know. I know. I know you said you had like surgery at one point. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, um, back in eighth grade, I had scoliosis. So I had back surgery to fix that which it's been doing well, but actually I've been having a ton of back pain in like the past few months. And just recently they diagnosed me with like a small fracture in my lower back. So I'm taking a break from working out with weights. Like I'm still going on walks and hiking, but no real like heavy weight exercises or anything right now to hopefully heal my back up. Yeah. Yeah. No major like backpacking trips. I know. Yeah. So thankfully that RV trip we booked, well, I won't have to like carry a heavy backpack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just like the, the outdoors can be a very scary place. And I think that's why like a lot of people hold themselves from going out there too. I mean, I know our first time when we got super remote, we went to Jasper national park Mm. Uh, we went there for our honeymoon and we went like very remote. Like we hiked in like 15 miles by ourselves. And that was the trip where I was like, we have to get a Garmin. Like I refused to go out there without a Garmin. Yeah. Cause I mean, there was grizzly bears. It was just the two of us. Anything can happen. And luckily we didn't see any grizzlies, but bears scare me. Like, Oh, I'm so scared of bears. I like even though they don't say it works, I like carry a bear bell. Like if I'm out with just me and another person or like we went hiking in Glacier National Park and it was just my father-in-law and my husband. And I'm like, we need to play music. We need to clap. We need to ring the bear bell. Like, I mean, let's all carry bear spray. (laughs) I was like, I do not want to encounter a bear. But yeah, like the Garmin is a really good um, safety device that I highly recommend everyone have. Yeah. Is there any other like major safety, safety things you recommend people bring? Um, not necessarily bring. I mean, no, I think a big one though, is like just telling people where you're going and like your, you know, when you plan to return kind of thing. So that way 
you know, because a lot of times if you're going out backpacking or something, you might lose service. So not being able to get a hold of someone and then they get all worried. My mom, whenever I go on a trip, she's like, tell me where you're going and when you're going to be back. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Our family too. Like, yeah. And we always like, even on the Garmin, it's so nice that you can like send a message. I just got to my campsite. Yeah, that is that the really nice thing about that. Um, other safety? I mean, no, not safety, but moleskin is great. I'm sure you've used moleskin. Um, I've never had to use it, but my husband has, yes. I had to use it on my very first backpacking trip because I hadn't like worn in my boots yet. And I was dumb. I should have done that, but um, moleskin saved my life. Yeah. I mean, especially, yeah, with all those blisters. Yeah. Breaking your shoes in is so, so, so important. Yeah. Super important. And just making sure you have the proper socks, like good hiking socks. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I've learned that lesson the hard way is that you want good hiking socks for sure. Yeah. It makes like a world of a difference. Yeah, it absolutely does. And especially just like multiple pairs of socks because hiking in wet socks is only going to cause your blisters to get worse. And it's so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. I've also done that. And that (laughs) is not good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did you guys have a Garmin when your guide collapsed? Well, we were in Patagonia, so no, um, no one brought that, but, um, they all had walkie talkies because there was like a ton of guides leading different groups up to the spot we were going. And so, um, they all had walkie talkies, um, just basic ones. And so we like used his walkie talkie to call someone else. Okay. But yeah, even that was good. Cause like the base camp area had the walkie talk were on the same like radio station So we were able to get a hold of them and they were able, able to call out like for paramedics. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Something to connect with others on that, but wow, still so like just experiencing that in front of your eyes had to have been very eye opening and like, yeah, actually it was like, you know, it was kind of weird to be honest. Cause I experienced that in the ER, you know, like I see crazy things in the ER all the time. And so it was definitely different being in, in the outdoors and that happening being like, Whoa, I didn't really think of things like happening outdoors, you know, outside of the ER but I think it was very traumatizing for like the other people that were in the group with me that don't have that nursing experience or have never experienced watching that. Like, you know, like so many people saw. Yeah. Because you're saying like, as a nurse, you have seen people die. Yeah. So I've seen that before. It was definitely different being in the outdoors, like that added a whole new aspect to it. But I knew I know how to process stuff like that now. Like after being in the ER for eight years, you know how to like handle that and deal with that kind of. Um, whereas other people haven't ever experienced, like never seen that happen or never experienced a death like that. Or, you know, so they just didn't know what to think, know how to feel at that time, like what to do for the rest of the hike. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know you guys said you guys a few of you still hiked all the way up to the top of the mountain as like a little memorial for him, which I thought was really awesome. Yeah. I mean, like we were so close to the top and like, he kept talking about how beautiful it was. And like, he did that hike like five times a week. So yeah, like I knew for me that like that would be healing. And like, I was like, I need to finish this. You know, I told people, I was like, it's okay. Like if you don't feel like it's appropriate to finish, like 
you can turn around and go back. Like, that's okay too. Like whatever you choose to do, whether you choose to go to the top and, you know, neither one is right or wrong. So just like do whatever you think is going to be best to help you process. So like, do you feel like you kind of became like the leader in that moment for people since you had been through life and death experiences? Yeah, it was interesting. It was, there was two other nurses on the trip with me. It was a group of 20 people that went to Patagonia. And um, I was really thankful to have those two other nurses because like they have also seen life and death. And so like, I wasn't the only one like being like, I know how to process this kind of thing. And so I didn't feel alone in that. So yeah, I would say like the three of us together kind of like became the leaders and support for people for like, if they wanted to talk about it or just like ask questions about what even happened or what we did to help try to save him, things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to imagine what, yeah, I don't know how I would process it. Like I've never seen something like that happen either. So that's- And I don't think you would know until hopefully it never does happen, you know? Yeah. You don't really plan out how to process that, you know? Exactly. But I think that's really cool that you took, I mean, something that is very tragic, yet you took it and you used your own skills, your outdoor skills and your ER skills and kind of helped the people you were with. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really like proud of some of the people that were on the trip. I think I said earlier, they'd like taken the next step to like become a wilderness certified first aid person so that they would know what to do in that situation too. Right. Right. Cause you said you did start performing CPR on him. Yeah. For, yeah, we did for a while. Yeah. And are you wilderness first aid certified at all or just use your ER experience? Um, I just use my ER experience. I mean, I would love to take a wilderness course more for like what to do, like way in the back country. Like if you got bit by this bug or like how to use a bush or a branch to like put someone in a certain position or something, you know? Right. Exactly. I mean, we went to, um, just like a little, a mini class on it once. And one thing that never dawned on me was to always bring Benadryl with you. Yeah. That's a great one for any kind of allergy or allergic reaction. That's yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Like the second we got out of that course, we like went to Walgreens and threw it in our first aid kit. Cause like, luckily again, like we've never had an allergic reaction out there, but you never know Yeah, like what you may come across. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think of like other high needed things that people never think of. <laughs> I know. I have like obviously bandages and stuff. Bandages fix everything, it seems like. <laughs> yes, or duct tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Duct tape is a great one. You know, like one of those light blankets, like the weatherproof ones, like if you were to <clears throat> get stuck outdoors in the cold or something. Yes. Or you have never had to use that, but I don't know. You never know. You don't want like your first aid kit to be too heavy because obviously that would not be fun to carry, but definitely the safety essential things. Right. Right. I mean, they're, they come like you can order one off Amazon and they're like pretty small and compact. Yeah. Yeah. I know REI sells a good one, but again, you don't need the name brand thing. So yeah, Amazon is great. I love Amazon. Yeah. But it's like definitely something everybody should bring. And I know like earlier you said like you don't always bring it by yourself. And we're guilty of that too. Like we bring out a lot of like first time hikers 
and always have our first aid with them. It's basically family and friends. Like we don't do it as like a business yet. Eventually we'd love to do it as a business. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So like, we're always really cautious when we bring family and friends out. Like we always have all of our stuff, but when it's just us two, sometimes we're like, we're good. Yeah. You kind of forget like that things can happen to you. And it's like, oh, we're not invincible. Like (laughs) I should really protect myself a little bit more. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But it's like, oh, I do this all the time. I'm fine. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But you never know. You never know. Yeah. Safety first, right? Absolutely. So like what kind of inspired you to start blogging about all of your traveling and van life? And like how many years ago did that start? Well, I always grew up like scrapbooking. Like, Oh my well, gosh, I did too. Really? Okay. Fellow scrapbooker. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I have like 10 scrapbooks from my childhood. Yes. So like I always just took so many photos my mom was a huge scrapbooker, so she got me into it. And so I have all these scrapbooks. And then I moved to online scrapbooking because it was just so much easier, you know, with digital cameras and everything. Yes. So I started just creating like digital scrapbooks. And then um, it was right after my husband and I got married, I decided I was like, I think I want to start a blog. I don't even know like what made me decide that. I think it was it was mainly like so many people were asking me about like my trips or like what I did on it. And, um, I'd be like, I don't remember that exact place, but I know I wrote it in my scrapbook. So like, I'll come, I'll get back to you. (laughs) And so I was like, it would be so much easier if I could just be like, here's my website. Like here's an article I wrote about it and you can always refer back to it, you know? Cause I love like when I'm on a trip, looking at other blogs or things like if I'm in that area and be like, Oh, what are the top 10 things to do or whatever. And so I really wanted to like create that kind of resource for the, my friends at the time or fellow coworkers who were asking that. And then I just like, I fell in love with blogging. I started with a free website. And then after a couple months, after just like doing a ton of research, everyone was like, you should really move to like a, your own hosted website where you just pay like an annual fee. And so I did that and it's been awesome. Like I, I've struggled at first. Um, It just, it was kind of all over the place. I mean, it was a lot obviously about travel and now I'm more focused on like outdoor travel just because that's like what what I do with my life. No matter what vacation I go on, it's usually to go on a hike or do something outdoors. I'm not necessarily a foodie kind of person or like I do enjoy seeing the city and like things like that, but that's not most of the trip. So yeah. So now it's become more of an outdoor thing. So I do have a little bit more of, um, or I have a lot more articles also on San Diego just because that's where I'm doing a lot of my activities, especially with COVID right now. But yeah, a lot of outdoor things. I'm working on a ton of like, like I had that beginner's hiking guide. I'm currently writing a beginner's backpacking guide, um, just, you know, gear recommended and all things like that. Um, so kind of focusing on different things each month. This month is like backpacking and hiking and car camping um, articles. Yeah, I, I loved looking at all of those ones. 
And like you said, like you have like this niche that San Diego, like I remember when I was talking to Emily and Birdie, they like one of the biggest things they said about blogging was like, find your niche. And like, clearly their niche is like the Pacific Northwest. And they've built up like this huge community of people that use them as a resource. Honestly, I can go to their website and like find anything I need. I was literally just on it today because my mom and I are going to Seattle for a weekend. And I was like, well, they definitely have to have some resources. Like there's so many. And I literally probably planned my whole trip off their website and one other blogger's website. And I was like, here's my whole trip. This is what I want to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's amazing what you can find online and just like the information that that all these people will share for free. It's like so awesome, the community that's out there. Yeah, and their pictures are beautiful. I've been like trying to get better at my photography. So I love looking at them and other like bloggers and outdoor hiking people for photo inspiration. Do you have like a nice camera or is it usually just your phone? I do have a nice camera and I've just started using it within the past couple months. I've had it for forever and never used it. Well, I didn't use it because I didn't have a lens for it. And I finally got two lenses that someone gifted to me, which was amazing. And so I've been trying to teach myself, like I just started using the camera like probably like four months ago and I'm loving it. <laughs> but I just love how like high quality of photos it offers. Right. I know. I am so envious of everyone's beautiful photography outdoors, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to bring more, more things with me. It's heavy too. Like it's really heavy. Yeah. But awesome. I mean, yeah, that's totally, I mean, your blog, it's definitely, you have a lot of good stuff on there and you have some super awesome photos yourself. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I've been trying to up my photo game still, still working on it. Yes. (laughs) So does your husband have anything to do with the blog or is it all you? He's the man behind the camera. Okay. (laughs) He's the, he's the Instagram husband, but no, I, Maybe if he, when he listens to this, I've been trying to convince him to write some articles for me, but no, he does um, a startup company. So his, he's pretty like in that right now. It's like full time, you know, like he started it. Yeah. Him and a fellow or his co-founder started the company. So if they're still really small, they're not on the market yet, but um, what is it? They are doing a, um, it's an electric ice pack for the knees. It's yeah, it sounds interesting, but it basically looks like a knee brace um, that gets hot and cold. Um, so it's like rechargeable. It's run off an app on your iPhone. It's called Recover X. If anyone wants to look at it, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like I guess they are, I guess they are on the market. I took that back. They just sold two hundred and fifty um, their first two hundred and fifty products. So. He is all in on that right now. So no time for writing, which is understandable. But yeah, when that's done, you can write for me. (laughs) Right. Okay. That's cool. So you're both like kind of entrepreneurial minded. Yeah. I never thought I was like, you know, in college, I was like, I'm in nursing school. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And then I just like literally on all my days off, if I'm not traveling, I'm like, I love blogging. I just like love writing and I love taking photos and editing them. And 
I could, I could do it for hours and I don't get tired of it. So you love the whole process of it. Like you like the editing, like editing your posts, editing your photos. For the most part, I like the whole process. It's a ton of work. Like, honestly, it would be really nice if I had someone that worked with me because it just takes so much time to do it all. Like I know I listened to the episode with Emily and Birdie and I think like she said, she writes the posts and then Birdie does a lot of the photo editing. Um, So yeah, so it's definitely a lot of time, but I enjoy it. Hopefully one day it'll become a full-time job and I can hire someone. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is a lot of work. So like I just, when people do it all by themselves, it's pretty impressive. Oh yeah. (laughs) It is a lot of work that goes into it. I've learned so much though, which I think has been one of the coolest things is just like something I never knew about. Like how to build a website, you know, just like I've like learned so much about all of it. And it's completely different than nursing. Like nursing school is that's all you do is think about nursing, you know, and nothing else. So it's, it's been fun to be like learning something different. Right, right. It kind of just like keeps your mind fresh and going. Yeah. But you said you never really imagined yourself to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. I never like had a business idea and not, I'm not even saying I do have a business idea right now. It's not like I'm selling something or whatnot, but um, I guess, I mean, I was always into photography and like occasionally I'd take photos with my mom's camera, like for like friends and family being like, do you want me to take your family photos? (laughs) You know, like when I was younger, but never thought I would like not work for like a corporate job kind of thing. I guess I never like imagined that until now where I'm like, I don't, want to do that my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool that like we live in that, in a country and like day and age where that is an option. Right. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Like one thing that was so crazy about Bertie and Emily was like Bertie from Indonesia, like his family, like he said, like, yeah, that's definitely not an opportunity back in Indonesia. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. In other countries, it's definitely not the normal. I feel like here it is a little bit more normal you know like people are just working from home or doing their own business kind of thing yeah yeah totally I mean people we have so much opportunity to be able to do that and that's definitely like kind of what we're trying to do with like hiking through life and eventually turning it into like a guiding business um but it's slow going, but it's definitely the goal. I mean, yeah, things take time. I've learned that with blogging, like it just takes time. And then eventually you start to gain a little traction and that like inspires you to keep going, you know? So that'd be awesome if you guys turned it into like a guiding thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely with like a focus in Minnesota, it's something that definitely think we are capable of doing, but yeah, I mean, so you've only been doing this, your blog, you said 20, 2018. Oh yes. Yeah. So I have been doing it 2018 and then I wasn't taking it super seriously. And then I'd say like, I, like for the past year, I've been like, okay, I want to get serious about this. And really like really learn about it and like see what I can do to make money from it and all that kind of stuff. So I've finally made a few dollars from it, which is like, like, you gotta like frame that first dollar bill, right? Yeah. (laughs) Did you do that by like just partnering like through Amazon associates links or what? Um, yeah, with something similar, like an affiliate program. So I made some people books through my link, um, for, 
staying at this place. And then um, I have ads on my website. So I made like $13 from that. So I was like, woohoo. Yeah, no, I mean, that's like motivation to keep going. Yeah, it really was. I was like, ah, finally seeing like some results from the work I've put in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know it's, it takes time for sure. Yeah, but I mean, if you're persistent, it'll work. You yes. gotta like get past that stage of like when people quit, you know? Right. That's exactly like, we've just read so much about like podcasters and bloggers who like eventually just like they give up because they're not having a lot of audience. And like, we weren't having, we didn't have an audience for the first like few months. I just yeah. felt like we were making them to make them. But finally, like we do have people that listen regularly, which is so cool and yeah. it keeps me motivated to keep keep it going right it's like refreshing to be like oh finally people like people care yeah yeah and like when people like when you reached out to me I was like yay people like are super excited yeah. to like get noticed on our podcast I love it yeah. and I like I love what your podcast is about just like like I like even the name hiking through life like <laughs> yeah outdoors, you know it's a part of life <laughs> Right, right. And that's totally the whole idea behind it. Just um, like hiking is so simple. And it's like our way of like keeping calm in the world. And it's just we'll always do it. It's part of it's part of life. It's part of how we get through all the ups and downs that life brings at us. Yep. Totally hear you on that. Yeah. Oh, do you have a favorite place that you go in California to travel? In California? Um, hmm, That's a hard question. I mean, I'm not going to say San Diego because I live here, but um, I would say as cliche as it is, like Yosemite is one of the, I think, the most beautiful national parks. Like, I don't know, maybe Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons will beat that out, but Yosemite is pretty epic. And when I lived in San Francisco, it was only like a four hour drive from there. So I, I didn't go too often, but I've been a few times and I just always want more like I always want to go back it's just it's so pretty and epic yeah that's one place that's definitely on my list we've never been there oh you have to go yeah Yeah. it's pretty waterfalls and it's just so different than like the mountains that you see like in the Grand Tetons or you know like other places it's just so different like the sheer granite walls and whatnot yeah and there's yeah there's loads and loads of waterfalls yeah, tons, tons of waterfalls. What about Big Sur? Is that like up there on your favorite places? Big, yeah, Big Sur is beautiful. And um, I've done a few backpacking trips up there. Um, and just the drive, like if anyone could drive, like basically from LA to San Francisco along the Pacific Coast Highway, along the one, that's one of the most beautiful drives. It's a windy road, but so pretty. And if you can stay up there, like I stayed at a campground up there. Um, I've done that drive multiple times, just like from moving to San Francisco and moving back home to San Diego, highly recommend Vixer. There's so many things to do along the way too. such cute little towns. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like the scenery of it. Um, when we were there, we spent a night camping. We didn't backpack, but we just like walked up to Cone Peak Oh, and yeah, camped yeah. at the very top of there. Oh, okay. You got all the way up there. That's awesome. Yeah, we did. So, I mean, we did like, I guess you could call it like a one night backpacking trip. I yeah. mean, I, but it was only like, I think two miles up or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's beautiful. Yeah. 
I felt like I could touch the clouds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just so pretty. The views. Oh, I'm jealous. Makes me want to go back. Yeah. Your blog got me just like daydreaming about it. Like, I gotta go back. Yeah. And just like all the camper vans and people that would just like sleep on the side of the road there. Right. It's a lot different lifestyle up there and a different vibe. Yeah. Like you're just kind of, you're very laid back and it's just like a, I just feel like it's the perfect place to go to truly just like escape from it all. Yeah, it, it really is. It's so pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are you, is there anything else about like empowering women to get out? Like anything else that you're doing other than leading hikes? I mean, are there any specific articles you wrote about women in the outdoors? I'm working on a few. I haven't published any. No, I would just say like, I encourage like women to definitely get outdoors. I feel like I'm in so many groups where like these females talk about wanting to travel a ton and like just don't have any, anyone to do it with. So like either join one of those Facebook groups um, and just like reach out to other people or honestly, like go on a group trip, like with a tour group. Like I'm working with a company right now to host a trip next summer, hopefully if COVID doesn't, isn't a thing anymore next summer. Yeah. Um, but just like be a leader for like the same thing um, I did in Patagonia. So I went with like a, this tour group with 20 random people I didn't know and met people from all over the world. And it was the best experience ever. Like now I have 20 new friends from all over that if I want to go anywhere, um, I can like meet up with them. And so I, I want to do that for other people and be able to post things like that, like whether it's a small hike, like I did this morning, the sunrise hike for a woman or a big international trip, or even like a beginner's backpacking trip for females. Like, I just like encourage you to like, take that jump. Like if you, even if you don't know anyone on the trip, obviously make sure it's safe, you know, go and join those groups. Like you won't regret it. Yes, absolutely. Like the groups are such a huge thing. And like, we're so lucky to have all these online resources and Facebook communities and all these groups that have those offerings. Yeah. So you're going to be leading hopefully a group of people. Uh, where's that trip going to be? Yeah. Um, so, well, so I, I mean, plans are still being worked out. I'm working on creating a trip to Tulum, Mexico. And then um, I had a survey out to people um, just seeing like what they're, I'm hoping to lead two trips next summer. So one to Tulum and then working on like the second location. I don't know what that, like, I guess whatever people vote on the most, but uh, it could be anything. It could be like Bali or a backpacking trip in Utah. I don't know. I guess it'll just, I'll see what the survey says. <laughs> and then hopefully working with the, this organization um, who hosts the trips and I'll be like the leader or the host of the trip. So it might be a place that you've never been. Yeah, it might be a place I've never been, which would be cool because then I'd get to experience something I've never been to. But I'm also like all the places I've have been, I would be super down to go to again, especially if it's like the people's first time seeing that place, you know? Right, right. I mean, yeah. And to show people something, I feel like that would be a little challenging having never been there before, but at least you have like tons of like hiking experience and like outdoor experience to show people. Yeah. Thankfully, I mean, like with going through the organization, they basically map everything out. Okay. It's a pretty set itinerary. So it's not like I'd be like, okay, let's go here, you know? 
So it's a set itinerary and basically I would just be the, the quote unquote host where like I'd be the contact person, ask me all the questions, you know, and then when we're on the trip, like I'd kind of be the go-to person, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I went on an REI backpacking trip like six years ago and it sounds very similar to that where it was two girls probably in their like late twenties that were the guides of the trip, but it was like a very set itinerary and they just led us on the trip. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Yeah. But yeah, those trips are awesome. Cause like, yeah, I met a ton of really cool people that I wouldn't have met otherwise and learned like tons of backpacking skills on that trip. Yeah. So I think like just encourage people to like do that kind of thing. Like just take the leap and go on a trip like that. It's, it's so much fun and you learn so much and you get to meet people from all over and now you have new friends. Exactly. Exactly. And I think some people like to do those things like alone, which is fine. But when you do it with someone who's already experienced, they Mm -hmm. can kind of like guide you and just make that experience that much better for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, So what's your website if people wanted to check it out? Um, It's www.myexplorewithme.com. And I'm the same thing on Instagram, myexplorewithme. I'm not the biggest fan of my name, but (laughs) I wish it was explore with me, but that was taken. So it's my explore with me. Oh, that's the reason. Okay. I know it's, I'm working on maybe changing it. Explore with me. So was that just, did that just come to you, the explore with me? Or is there a big story behind that? No, not a huge story. It's just more like, I just love exploring new places. Like, you know, look at a picture and I'm like, yes, I want to go there. And so just like, I just, I want to explore everything in this world. (laughs) Like there's so many pretty places. Yeah. So it just kind of originally started out with like, I wanted to explore and I'm like, well, I'll just share it with other people. So I was like, explore with me. I love it. Yeah. Explore with me and learn from me and (laughs) get inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. This has been super cool. Yeah. This has been awesome. It's been so nice meeting you and talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been super, super fun. This conversation with Chelsea was a really good reminder that anything can happen when you're out in the wilderness, and it's best to be prepared for those situations. I mean, hearing that story when she was on that trip with the guide... In Patagonia. In Patagonia, who eventually died, unfortunately, was just a really strong story that I think people should hear, and it just reminds you that you need to be prepared in situations. It's a reminder that anything can happen out there on the trail. So like you said, being prepared is probably the most important thing that you can do when heading out on an outdoor adventure. And so being prepared means carrying safety equipment, like a first aid kit, um, brushing up on your skills out there. So if you do go out on a bigger trip, Maybe you've done some mini trips before in areas that you are familiar with or doing some research on the area that you're going before you go so you know of some of the different um, some of the different risks in that area. But also just monitoring your own health and well-being and making sure that you're ready for an adventure. Yeah, like listening to your body is huge in that. And listening to your body while you're out on that adventure, whether it be the trail or wherever you might find yourself. 
And taking those preventative steps too, like, you know, watching your nutrition, you know, getting regular exercise, all of those things that you can do to maintain and improve your well-being. And that's one thing that we like about the outdoors is it, it allows us that ability to improve our physical and mental health. We don't feel like we're intentionally, you know, like going to the gym or it doesn't feel like a task. When you're out there, it's more just like... Kind of just part of your rhythm of the day that that you're moving and getting physical and your mental well-being all taken care of at the same time. Yeah, and that's one thing that we just love about the outdoors. So if you want to go check out more of Chelsea Evans, go over to her website at myexplorewithme.com. And you can also find her on social media at myexplorewithme. We'll have a link to her website in the description of the episode. And we'll also have links to some of the gear items we mentioned, like the Garmin InReach and the first aid kit that we use on our travels. So next time you get out there, make sure you have a first aid kit. And thanks for listening. If you'd like to support Hiking Through Life, you can go to hikingthroughlife.net slash shop. We have t-shirts, water bottles, and we recently added stickers to the shop. Use the code podcast at checkout and receive 10% off your first order. There are other ways you can support this podcast as well. You can check those out at hikingthroughlife.net slash support. Also, be sure to sign up for our email list. You can do that by heading over to hikingthroughlife.net. Enter your email address and click subscribe. There's no commitment. You can unsubscribe at any time. As part of our email list, you'll receive our monthly newsletter. We'll also be sending out any promotional codes for Hiking Through Life gear. It's an excellent way to follow Hiking Through Life's journey. You've been listening to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Peace, love, and hike through life.